Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Yeah. He know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We had a morning crew. We got some new crews in here, 1876 Sports and Culture, Mr. Joe Clay. He was there at the scene of the crime in Tallahassee. He gave us insight in terms of what took place for the Panthers. A.D. Drew, resident, uh, visiting professor, but, you know, we elevated him to clinical professor. He's tenure track now. Joshua Sims, senior, you know, he's a regular. He's on that uh, clinical professor track as well. We're trying to see if we can get a couple more moves by him so we can get him on the tenure track. That's right. That's right, baby girl. We got him ready. And he gets to be excited because he's going to ultimately make his case uh, for the number one along with Drew. It should be interesting today with the way things kind of fell out last week. Could there possibly be a change at the top? We'll get into that. Further into the show, we'll talk about some of these key matchups. We'll talk about, I don't know if we, you know, we used to have the Miak-ish and, you know, we have the Swack-ish and now we got the Siak-ish, I guess. I don't know. But Drew's going to give us the official name of what's going on in the SIEC because it all fell apart as well this weekend except for the team at the top. Can they hold on and continue what they do? But still, the second team that will play for the championship, uh, it could get very interesting. Let's say that. Welcome to episode 454 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kiana Khalil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, or maybe not. They're out on assignment. That's why we have Joe Clay with us. He's at the airport acting like Mike Washington. They do like to, uh, how should I say this nicely? They have the same mindset <laughs> when it comes to Tom Fulu. Let's say it that way. Non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> we are filming from our home studios and sending signals live to Case Wade's for 38 Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame and Multi-Hall of Fame around Fulu. As we're doing that, uh, Texas Southern University, too bad BJ's phone is on 3%. I'm sure as the chaos took place in Baton Rouge that he purposely uh, left his charge with all the madness as he was shaking his head down there. But I certainly understand. <laughs> we'll cover that, too, because mm. Texas Southern, as I bring them up, man, you talk about finding a way to take victory away <laughs> from the jaws of defeat. They actually did that. They actually did that. And it's twice this year. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to make you smile. They did that against Prairie View. So, you know, you got a little taste of victory. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> exactly. So with that being said, before we get in these 
scores. Let me be not be rude and ask you, AD Drew, how you doing this morning? The heart of a champion. FAMU handled their business. They took care of their end of the of the bargain, along with the Alabama State victory over Alabama A&M. FAMU is, will be the representative for the East in the SWAC championship game. Mission one accomplished. Still have two more missions from the highest of seven hills. That's obviously the SWAC championship game and did the, did the celebration bowl. So, uh, yeah, Let me say this. Those- uh, here's a shout out to your cigar. That's for Roy, Brian, uh, all those faithful rattlers out there. And I've already seen the memes with Barry and Prairie View and send them dead. That's correct. Uh, Joe, I'll be back to you because um, I'm going to do like you talk and learn well from Mike Washington, you know, whether you win or, or lose. Shots. <laughs> you won't get the cigar, but you'll get the shot. <laughs> With that being said, let me go to Joshua Sims Seniors. Uh, as, man, I don't know what to describe or what took place on uh, Thursday. Have you ever seen a dead body? Have you ever seen a dead body? Well, let me take you to the scene of that crime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you you yeah, you know what, Doc. First of all, giving honor to God who was first in my life, and uh, to my pastor coming home from. Uh, I come to you guys from the congregation of eighteen oh one Fayetteville Street, where we have the presiding pastor, Doctor Johnson Akinyale, as our pastor, and uh, I thank you guys for allowing us to come here this morning and, and preach the good gospel of, of what we are doing down at eighteen oh one Fayetteville Street. You know. There's a song that I had on my heart this morning, and I just wanted to share it with the congregation just so they could be able to feel the sense of exuberance and love and passion that we have down at 1801 Fayetteville Street. It goes a little bit like this. We the lead dogs. 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 We the lead dogs. Old school down the highway. You lost again. <laughs> hey, man, we ain't playing no games, man. Doc, I'm just blessed to be here, baby. You you know I put him on the schedule last week for you, and I was so disappointed for you because I was like, oh, he want to show out. But it worked out that you had the game this week with Hampton and A&T, and they didn't let you down either. So oh. you won twice. Two cigars for my man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Going to you, Joe Clay. I'm putting the cigar up. I'm putting yeah. the cigar up. Yeah, I can't do it. I will again. You know, make sure you know you get some love. You, you're my boy, so we, I we'll appreciate that. Cigar uh, up. You speak it would be tequila, but you don't deserve tequila this morning. <laughs> Bottom <laughs> shelf. I can't. Bottom shelf. Plain label. Plain <laughs> label. Uh, I tell you what, we had a great time. Shots out, hats off to the the, the the family that is Florida A&M University. It is one love out here. It was awesome. We had an awesome time, man. They are just like us. They just in a different state. It's, it's just cousins in a different state to the far west, the far east. Uh, 
that's where the fun stops. <laughs> Once we left the tailgate and it entered the stadium, the fun was oh. on. The thrill was gone. <laughs> and the embarrassment is, ensued. <laughs> and hey, I'm and not you know, it was, it. you know how to tease you. See, the North Carolina Central, they're not nice guests. They don't even tease. They just, they be like, man, take your shoes, take your shoes out. I told you, never mind. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. Damn you, they like, take your shoes off. Take your shoes off, man. And they wrestle with you for all hours. Didn't I tell you, take your shoes off? They let you play with you. You nice as 14 yep. you 14 7. You driving for half. And you like, all right, yeah, it's going to be nice. And they put that whoop stick out. I told you, take yeah. your shoes off. And, 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 and guess what we did? We took our damn shoes off. <laughs> Go outside, get that switch. <laughs> In the third quarter, we took our shoes off. All right. Let me break down some of these scores as we get into it. We're going to start with the mid-mates, man. It's it's one of those. I've seen on Twitter somebody say, man, uh, HBCU fans need to have counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I say that is an accurate tweet. With that being said, let's get into our – Top seven, we'll actually look at it the top ten because this last weekend, Division Two is going in there. Uh, those that were receiving votes outside of that were Tuskegee. They had a victory, so they are at seven and two and six and one. Barely. Yeah. And <laughs> they holding on by that thread, but they got it done, just like Southern. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's a W. Fort Valley State Wildcats, seven and two, six and one. Uh, they won. It, it's nice to have the barely wins than the Oh, no, not sure beatdowns. Uh, Johnson C. Smith, Golden Bulls, they won. They improved to six and three, five and two. Great season in terms of what they get done. Only thing is, Fayetteville State is not playing with anybody. Mm-mm. Now, you talking about the cardiac kids that know but know how to win close games, they do that, and they have another one, and we'll get us out of that quickly. Two teams in the top seven in the mid-mid division. Uh, poll rankings lost. Started with number seven, Edward Waters Tigers lost to number five, Allen Yellow Jackets. Wasn't even close. They fall to five and four, five and three in terms of that matchup, 106 points. And number six, Fayetteville State Broncos defeat the Shaw Bears 21 14. Another close contest, but guess what? Uh, if you don't understand by now, I don't know how to make you understand. The Broncos won. Uh, they increased their record to seven and two overall and seven and zero in conference, uh, as it looks like they will be in the position to play for uh, the CIAA championship. But we don't know who it is, which is the excitement. At number five, Allen Yellow Jackets defeat number seven Edward Water Tigers, fifty nine to twenty one. Just beat them down, as I said, seven and two. They improved on their magical season, five and two in the conference race, and they still have an outside chance. In terms of finishing, they certainly can make a statement as they face Benedict, and you know where they are ranked, number one, in terms of week number eight. At number four, Virginia State Trojans, they defeat Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions. Uh, we have some friends involved in this uh, crime spree, but in uh, line at the Virginia State uh, loss last week, they seem to get personal, and they brought out the Gats, the Uzis, Whatever you want, the knives, it just 75 to 25. Where is the yellow tape? Eight and one, six and one. I'm not sure if it worked because they have this is some body parts everywhere. 
it was uh, eight and one, six and one uh, as Trojans uh, prevail on the season, and they actually set up a winner-take-all matchup in Virginia uh, that is perfect for that rival. We'll get to that shortly. And number three, Miles Golden Bears, probably the shock of the weekend, uh, certainly one of them. They lost to Albany State. Not the fact they lost to the Golden Rams, but they lost 48-7. to Eddie Drew will get a little bit into that matchup. We have a rationale, at least, for what took place in that gruesome car wreck in terms of what took place there. Uh, it wasn't the driver's fault in many ways, but uh, it was ugly in terms of what took place there. And number two, Virginia Union Panthers defeat the Blue Phil State Big Blue. 57 to 12, the new guys to the block uh, were treated to a beatdown and said, hey, you know, get your game right <laughs> if you're coming over here with us. Eight and one, six and one, that creates a matchup. Uh, right now, that's two and four, but you imagine Virginia State will move up to probably three, if not higher than that. So you got a two, three matchup one way or the other. Both teams, eight and one overall, both teams, six and one. In the conference standing, the winner of that game will represent the North Division. When we get to Wednesday, <laughs> Joshua, that will be officially the CIAA game of the week. Absolutely. Without question. That's probably one of our easiest ones this year. Number one, Benedict Tigers defeat Savannah State Tigers 38-17. While they have clinched essentially a seat in the championship game, uh, it could get a little confusing in terms of it. And depending how they do the tiebreakers, it could be odd. Somehow they might find their way outside looking in. It doesn't look like going to lose much of that. But um, so I guess in some ways, why I say clinched, maybe not so fast. They are 9 0, 7 0. But we'll get into some scenarios that may get uh, very intriguing as things go out the window. With that being said, uh, as we get into our first break, we'll come back on the other side. We'll give you some updates from the major division and get these gentlemen's thoughts overall thus far as they kind of talk about these certain matchups. Stick with us after this first break. We'll come back on the other side, give you the major division and talk about what took place there as if we have some clarity on that side as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All pads are exactly the same. Think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak free and odor free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a 
Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get back to it. Thanks for all the lab listeners getting up with us this morning. And uh, We understand if you need some counseling, we're here for you. We'll get your mind right. We'll get your soul back and gear ready for next week uh, as you go through it again. With that being said, let's look in the major division with those teams on the outside looking in. Alabama State Hornets got it done in the Magic City Classic. That's two in a row for the Hornets. A team that looked buried for dead uh, is on a hot streak. They've won three in a row playing some good uh, football, four and three on the season, three and two. Uh, Grandma State Tigers quietly won four and four, three and two, uh, as they're back in the mix in that wild and wacky Western division. We'll see what that looks like as the season proceeds. Yeah, Premier and them Panthers, they fall to three and five, three and two. As crazy as it is, they're still in the mix, which uh, seems to make no sense, but We'll figure that out as we go to Joe later in the show and get his thoughts in terms of what's taking place at Prairie Vanity University. The way he's shaking his head, that may not be good. One team lost in the top seven this week. Everything else is pretty clear. Let's get into it. I told you about Alabama State. Well, they played number seven, Alabama A&M, and they lost to Alabama State Hornets 31-16. to 16. It was close early. Seems like the game broke at the near the half where a – uh, Hail Mary was free by caught in the end zone by number one. Some argue as the best wide receiver in the SWAT, maybe in HBCU football in terms of what that looks like. Went and high pointed the ball where everybody around him got it done. And then coming out of half, you had a field goal that may have tied things up. It was blocked, but returned for the touchdown. Katie barred the door. It was over, even though a late touchdown uh, that may have made it a little more decent in terms of that was wrongly called an error. Respectable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number six, Alcorn State Braves are quietly <laughs> doing what they're supposed to in terms of the middle of their conference. They defeat Mississippi Valley State, Delta Devils, 24-3. They improved to 5-3 and three and 4-1. and one. They're right in the race. Uh, with number five, Southern Jaguars, Texas Southern Tigers, 23-17 overtime victory. This is the game that nobody saw that it was good if you're a Texas Southern fan that nobody saw because you have a 17-7 lead with the ball driving 
into Southern Territory and life fell apart. Formal return, exchange, just bad exchange, balls and bounces perfectly to the incoming uh, lineman for Southern. He returns at 39 yards for the touchdown, gives them life. They fight back, get a 53-yard field goal. Uh, you miss a 40-yard field goal in overtime, and they get the touchdown to win 23 17-5-3, 4-1. So Southern is still in the race and sets up for a nice matchup as they get on the road to their route in Mississippi. The Braves said, come on up here. We got a little payback. At number four, Jack State Tigers defeat UAP Golden Lions 40-14, 6-3, 4-2, as they continue just to chirp away and get it done in different facets. Uh, they make the news as uh, the female kicker that we talked about that kicked the ball off. She actually got in the record books as she kicked three extra points uh, and records becoming, at least in the current modern era, the first woman to kick a field goal at the HBC level. Um Tennessee State Tigers defeat Lindenwood 43 to 26 and 2 4 and 1. As they roll and get a big victory, it wasn't as close as the score is. It's probably one of the better teams out there that nobody wants to watch, or at least in terms of their fans. At number two, North Carolina Central Eagles defeat the South Carolina State Bulldogs 62 to 28. Again, I told you about this disaster 71 2 and 0. I don't know why you would do, buddy, if you like that. And the sad thing was, they didn't even try to make them look bad. I mean, it was, it was, it just happened. They pulled out folks. They did what you want to do to somebody that you respect, but it didn't help. It did not help. Lastly, Florida and the Rattlers defeat Prairie View and Panthers forty-five to seven. Because of that, I made, I forced 1876 Sports Culture lead correspondent Joe Clay. I made him get on the show because he had to take a little bit of that medicine because I wasn't going to be the only one that had to do it. It's 71 <laughs> 6 and 0. Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting as we get near the end of the show to talk about again FAMU, North Carolina Central. Who do you have number one in your poll rankings? I'm fascinated to see. Uh, both programs have been ranked number one. Obviously, in terms of top 25, Central is in that 10. You got to imagine that they're going to climb that. FAMU will get closer. Um, if they can roll, continue to roll, and there's indications that they can get it, obviously you have the SWAC championship game in front of you. That's going to be interesting uh, to see what it is, whether it's a rematch between Prairie View or Southern or New Kids on the Blocks, Ramblin' or Alcorn that probably looking to play in the best football at this point. See what that looks like. You have that matchup that could have three and old teams versus Howard in Washington, D.C., uh, can have a little consternation. I don't think Joshua sees that as an issue. And if you watched anything that Howard did yesterday, you probably don't either. With that being said, I'm just setting it up. I'm the media guy. I know how to set up matchup. We got hey, to I'm with you. I'm, I'm with <laughs> you, dog. Hey, I'm with you, dog. I just, but part of me just can't help. Is you could literally have two top 10 FPS programs what I'm in the Celebration about. Bowl with one loss, both of the losses to FBS programs. One coming in essentially at 11 and one, the other one coming in at 10 and one, number one and fighting for the pole position all year long. Predicted people that were predicted to get it done, fighting out all everything quarterbacks, defenses, different styles, MIAC swag. If that happens, if you're not in Atlanta for that, that's your fault. You need hey, to be booking your tickets now. Hey, Doc, one quick thing to add to this. 
I need everybody to understand the severity of this and how important this is. This would be the first time, and I get it. We still got some weeks to play a ball. We still got football to be played, ladies and gentlemen. So don't get me twisted. Do not get, do not misconstrue <clears throat> that I'm saying that this is what the end-all, be-all is. We still got ball to play, and I can tell you right now, as far as on our side of the street, we still got somebody that we got to send a message through that our guys are not satisfied. They are not, They are more motivated for what's going to happen. It's homecoming this week at 1801 Fable Street. Then we got somebody we got to go make send a message to the entire country through that following week, and then we got to finish up senior day. So we still got a lot of meat, still a lot of food still on the table. We still got a lot of stuff we still got to accomplish. But for the first time, there is an opportunity, there's a chance for the first time, and I don't know what's going to happen, for it to be a top 10 matchup. You talk about branding this thing of ours, making this the premier, preeminent, big-time college football HBC. You can't get no bigger than this. And I know I've been on my soapbox all week about everybody saying that we need to step aside and go to the MVFC Invitational, also known as the FCS playoffs. Man, ain't we ain't got time for that. North Carolina Central has beaten eight teams from four different non-HBC, um, from four different non-conference, uh, from four different conferences in the last two seasons. We've shown you that we can beat teams from outside of this, the MEAC. We've shown you we can beat teams outside of the SWAT. We've beaten all them teams in, in conferences that y'all say, that the world say, got the value. We've beaten them already. And so we want the opportunity to continue to keep building this thing. This is a beautiful thing that we have that was black-founded, black-created for us, for our institutions. It's played on ABC, national television, and if you pay attention, they want what we got. Mm. This yeah. is an opportunity for us. And that's all I had to say, Doc. I wanted to add to this. Because I, I'm, I don't want to hear no more black people, especially if you went to an HBCU. I don't want to hear no more black people even mention North Carolina Central needing to go to the FCS playoffs. Please stop that. I'm telling you, as a North Carolina Central graduate, a third-generation Eagle, my parents went there, my grandparents went there, I, me and my wife went there. We don't want to go to the NBFC play uh, invitation. We tired of it. All right? Ain't nobody trying to go play in the cold to lose money, to have to play out. Man, we're not doing that. We've already shown you we can beat them, them type of schools. All right. And if they want to see us, tell them to call our AD and tell them to come to Durham because we ain't got no res more respect for them than we do for our own schools. They got to come to Durham. And if they want to come to Durham to play against us, then come on. We got room on our schedule 2026, 2027. Tell them to come see us first. We're not going to them. School down the highway. I love it. Hey. I love it. I love it. Hey, if let I can jump on that right. The politicians are started with the hot tea. Uh, A.D. Drew, go ahead. Give your retort already this morning. What are your thoughts? Look, there's absolutely nothing that I can do to counter that argument that Josh has put out. It's a very compelling argument. We're not going to get into the who's number one stuff because the way this thing is going, it don't matter what Josh and I say right now. This thing is going to be decided on the field. I just want to add. I just want to add two things. Number one, the Twitter trolls were out again talking about we need to merge and have one strong HBCU conference. Stop it, y'all. Stop it. We do not need to have one strong HBCU conference. We need to have our two separate conferences, bring them together. Did you just hear the passion in Josh's voice defending not only his institution but his conference? 
That's why we need to have have those two strong conferences. You get you get a Doctor Cavill, a Joe Clay, or anybody else who has that swack those swack hours. They have that same passion. So and, and y'all, it's beyond football. Yeah, for football, you 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 can you can rationalize it for football. I can't rationalize that for and nan other sport and other sport, however you want to say it, but for football. And last thing, if Florida A&M and North Carolina Central should be in the Celebration Bowl, this will probably be the first time in the Celebration Bowl era that the pundits got it right back in July and Mm. said the Mm. two teams that were going to be in the Celebration Bowl both actually get there. That is... You know, that's significant. And that's that's a shout out to both those coaches, those programs and everything else for actually being able to live up to expectations should that happen. Great point. Joe, did you want to get in here on this? one? Yeah, I got to jump on some of that, too. I, I was I was on uh, Facebook and some other pages earlier and uh, listening to a, a reading Tennessee State fans complain about their lack of fan support and, you know, how Eddie George has been saying fan support, fan support. Well, maybe if they play teams who their fans wanted to see them play against, then they may go out and watch their games. But when they're not playing a FAMU, a Prairie View, uh, a, a Grambling, a Southern, nobody wants to see them play Kennesaw State and, and all these t- Tennessee uh, Linwood. Yeah, Linwood. They want to see us play us in a situation environment that was environment that was made for us and by us. So cut it out with this 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 uh money pit that is the the, the playoff system. It ain't for us. We don't want it. We cashing checks around here in a swack in the act. Let's get it. Celebration bowl all day. I love it. Point well taken. And as Drew said, I put the numbers out there and said you're talking about a money losing proposition. Not just the playoffs, but the talking about combining the conferences. That means that you're going to remove uh, your basketball playoff. Which is your money, baby. NCAA money, uh, which is $1.6 going up to $2 million. So that's gone if you combine. Because now you're talking about going from two bids to one. So you're, out, you're talking about losing uh, the Celebration Bowl, which is another $2 million gone in terms of that. And even if somehow they keep it and you play somebody else, that's still a million dollars gone. And so um, you're talking about championship games and things of that nature. So you're already talking about two and a half million dollars. Then somebody came back and said, combining the OVC, Big South, MEAC, and SWAC. I said, oh, that's just even worse. You're just throwing more minute money down. Right? So you're right. It, I'm glad that you all expressed that and got that off there. We'll take our next break, come back on the other side, and get into some of these matchups. Great commentary. I know we kind of went in a different direction, but it was important uh, that this leaders in terms of this space, put it on the table and let people know how we feel. We'll be right back after this next break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. He pointed at his family flag. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Oh, yeah, A.D. Drew is uh, recognizing the flag, boy. It's gonna be a lot of painful week, man. You go to work with all the rattlers out here. I already got them texting me, sending me stuff. I got to go to work with one of them. <clears throat> Thankfully, I'm traveling this week to a conference, so it can't be every day. With that being said, oh, never mind. I, I forget that one of the guys that I'm on the project with is a family folk that we're presenting with. So, yeah, it is. Oh, First matchup is out of the SIAC, Blywood, South Carolina, Westwood High School. Homecoming was it? A&M Football Classic, A-M-E. Let me get that straight football class um, this past weekend. And the number five, Allen Yellow Jackets, improved to seven and two, five and two, defeating the number seven Edward Tigers, five and four, five and three, 59 and 21. Hey, Drew, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? You told us all year long, the Yellow Jackets are for real. We now believe. Yeah, uh, Yellow Jackets are for real. They came out and pretty much laid it on Edward's early scoring, early scoring often. Uh, <laughs> but 
you never thought Edward Waters was truly out of the game because you, we have seen this story so many times before this season where a team has gone up on Edward Waters. Actually, the last two seasons, and Edward Waters fights back to have an opportunity in one of the last drives of the game, if not the last drive and the last play of the game to tie or to take the lead in a particular game. Not so today, well, not so yesterday, Dr. Cavill, that uh, Edward Waters could not get it done. We know David Wright right now is one of the leading candidates for SIAC Player of the Year. He has shown throughout this season multiple times why he is one of those leading candidates and why last year, if he would have been healthy, he would have been up there in, in everybody's uh in coming out of everybody's mouth last year. So I'm really looking forward. Benedict, don't sleep on this Allen team next week. Even mm. though you are at home, it, you know, this is just which side of town or be playing this game on. Don't sleep on Allen this year because you have this thing already sewn up. I wouldn't necessarily call it a trap game, but it's damn sure a game of interest if you are an SIAC fan. Well said, well said. Let's get out of this living, go to the independent marketplace. Lakeland, Florida, Victory Field at the mid-major level. Yeah, number 15, Florida Moore Lions. They get a little get back in the conference of the Sun, Sun Conference, that is. Five and three, four and one, as they defeat uh, Southeastern Fire. It falls to four and four in three and two. 35 to 24 was the score. With that being said, Joshua, what were your thoughts in terms of Florida Memorial making a, a nice statement this week, past weekend? Man, shout out to FMU, man, making a pretty solid statement, man. I didn't know very much about the program that they were playing against, but you got to look at this as a dominant statement for FMU, hoping that they can continue to keep this thing rolling. I know we're coming toward the end of it. Uh, NAIA season, and, and you got to make some statements as you go, as you continue to keep going forward. But man, this offense was clicking yesterday. Um, of the likes that we haven't seen from them fairly consistently throughout the season, I'm glad to see Florida Memorial be able to get ahead of the chains yesterday. Really kind of set some great opportunities on first down and time of possession. So I got to give FMU their kudos on this one, man. I want to, I want to see what this ends up beating and turning into for them. Obviously, the season is almost at the end, but as they continue to grow as a program, you hope that this is the type of consistency that they can kind of create and recreate as they go into the, into the offseason and get ready for next season. It'll be interesting you know, to balance them new kids on the block uh, with Langston at the NIA level and see who finishes the best uh, between the two in terms of some of our better NIA football programs. Langston was making a move and won like four or five in a row. Had a tough loss with the team that is leading in the Sooner Athletic Conference this last weekend. So uh, they were about 14 and 15. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Drew, I know you wanted to get a quick statement in on Florida Memorial. Yeah, I'm going to just make this quick. You know it's a bad day when your team only gets 376 yards of total offense and you still win. So I'm just trying to put that into perspective for, for Florida Memorial because this team is constantly put up multiple times this season, put up over 500 yards. So 376 and a W, I'll take that any day over 500 and an L. 
Let me stay with you, Joshua, uh, on the CIAA. Number four, Virginia State Trojans. And, uh, they put a whooping on Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions. And let me set this up. The, the Lions were making a move. They were looking to have their first winning season. They were 4-4 four four late in the season, which was unheard of for them. Uh, but gives you an idea of just the gap. They're playing good football, but Virginia State is playing great football outside of that uh, letdown they seem to have last weekend. And obviously, you got to give credit where credit is due. But Virginia State Trojans, they set up a great match that we talked about earlier. But they increased to 8-1, 6-1. They defeat Lincoln, Pennsylvania, which I had ranked overall at 13. Uh, that falls to 4-5, and 3-4, and 75-25. Joshua, this is uh, your coach, my previous coach, Dr. Henry Frazier. The third, we knew he would bounce back, yeah. uh, but he looked like he made sure the team understood that this is not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, this was this was absolutely a bounce back. And to your point about Lincoln, man, Lincoln was two weeks out. Two weeks ago, they were two week two weeks and two wins away from making it to Salem. The problem is that they ran into the roadblock that is Virginia Union and Virginia State in those two weeks. And Virginia Union and Virginia State absolutely made it clear. That there's levels to this in the CIAA. But let's, let's be honest about this, Doc. Kamani Clark, Kamani Clark, in my opinion this year, has been the most consistent player on offense in the CIAA this season. He didn't have a magnificent day yesterday. He scored early, didn't score again the rest of the game. But then you got to give kudos to Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has been the balancing figure of that Virginia State offense this entire season. The quarterback with Virginia State, the quarterback room has had ups and downs and all of this other stuff, and you kind of wonder which position group will be the balancing figure for that offense. Well, enter intra-Jordan Davis. Yesterday, goes for 13 of 20, didn't have to pass the ball a lot, for 272 yards and four passing touchdowns. Four of them. That is significant, knowing that they're going into, without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest game of the season, the biggest matchup of the CIAA season altogether against their rival, Virginia Union, this weekend in VA. And if it wasn't homecoming, that's exactly where I would be at this weekend. Man, this has multiple uh, implications in terms of what this game looked at. Uh, in terms of how the team played, obviously, CIAA championship. Is on the line. Uh, you have playoff is on the line, seeding in terms of whether you get into the playoffs. Uh, it has implication now that the CIAA and SIC have a bowl game. It has implication in terms of potentially getting an invite to that uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup. Lastly, let's go to the SIAC officially again in terms of where we just know chaos took place. Obviously, in terms of this matchup, number 14, Albany State Golden Rams. Improved to five and four, five and two, probably the biggest upset of the weekend at number three, Miles Golden Bears, six and three, five and two. We were looking for them to have a rematch potentially with uh, Benedict because of just how well that game was played. That will be a long stretch uh, after what took place here in Golden Rams. Uh, finally make the statement for the coach up there in regards to the program that he wants to build as they win 48 to seven. Drew, talk about this matchup here. Wait a minute, Doc. Hold up. Before I start talking about this, I got a got some, picked up somebody on my camera phone from my house. Looked like it might be the sheriff getting ready to serve me a subpoena for witnessing that slaughter on yesterday. They want me to testify <laughs> about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you saw that from the nope. camera. <laughs> I like that one, Drew. Hey, that was clever, Drew. I, I like that one, dog. I was like, oh, Lord, what you doing? <laughs> First time we see somebody get locked up on the show. <laughs> Uh no 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 I was only a witness I didn't participate <laughs> but uh but seriously though man, this game was actually over before it uh, actually even got started uh, I was at the game yesterday Miles uh, won the toss elected to receive and on the opening drive I believe it was on a third down run if I uh, go back into my uh, head correctly uh Clyde Peter rushed up the middle got the first down but he took a shot and the person next to me who had uh binoculars uh on on the play was like oh I so as soon as he uh said it, you know you just you see players down they they down for a minute a lot of times you think the uh, wing gets knocked out of them or something along those lines but he was down a little bit longer for lack of a better word, his bail was severely wrong on that play. And that was the last that we saw of Edwin Klein Peter on the day. Cameron Ivory came in, uh, was not able to finish off that drive. Miles wound up punting the ball. Albany State went down. They got a field goal on the subsequent drive. Uh Couple of the flipping of the field. They go down, they get a touchdown. But then Miles looks like they have life. They do, they score a touchdown. I believe they cut the score to ten to seven at that point in time. And then after that, the, the, not only did they open up a can of of whoop, they opened up a whole pallet of whoop, scoring thirty eight unanswered points on the Golden Bears. Uh, found out later that Golden Bears were down. Not only did you lose your quarterback in the game, but you lost a couple of other. You had a couple other key players who did not even uh, suit up for this particular game uh, with some new starters. So, you know, that was defensively is where it looks like they were hurting uh, with Miles as uh, secondary gave up a lot of big plays against uh, the Golden Rams. So it, it, it was ugly, but it creates, you know, you we can call it siakish or uh, siakiotic as I like to call it because it's it could it's creating a lot of potential chaos uh opportunities that we'll try to break down as much as we can. But let me go ahead and warn everybody before we start breaking this stuff down, you may want to go get you a bottle of Tylenol because this stuff will give you a headache trying to figure this stuff out now. All right, we'll do that quickly as we take get prepared to take our next break. Um, there are six teams that are essentially still in the mix this past weekend. Let me give a bit of love. Edward Waters, great season, uh, but they fall in terms of the conference race to five and three. Um, so that basically pushed them out. They did have a winning record in conference play. They had a magical city that lost, basically put them out. But you have Albany State at five and two, Miles at five and two. Allen at five and two, Fort Valley at six and one, Tuskegee at six and one. You have the matchup between Bidding and Allen, so Allen can create their own chaos. They can get the victory. Uh, you potentially have Benedict falling to seven and one, Tuskegee and Fort Valley. If they win, that means you have three teams at seven and one, and you have to figure out the tiebreaker there. The most easy tiebreaker is head to head. 
that's always official on the books. We don't have the official head-to-head -head, uh, tiebreakers, but usually after that, what you find out is common opponents since everybody didn't play each other. So neither one of those teams paid each other, so then you have to go to some other tiebreaker. We won't get into that because we don't have it in front of us. Uh, you also have the matchup uh, if Benedict wins. Uh, that means you go to Tuskegee and Fort Valley that are both sitting at six and one. The interesting thing about this, everybody's going to be like, uh, well, Tuskegee be Fort Valley. So if they win, they're in. Not so fast. That was not a conference game uh, in terms of conference standing. So uh, you don't have a head-to-head -head matchup in conference play between those schools. So usually what you go to now is common opponents. Well, Tuskegee lost. The common opponent is Edward Waters. Tuskegee lost to Edward Waters on the Hail Mary. Fort Valley won early in the season. So if that is the tiebreaker, unofficially now, and Fort Valley wins and Tuskegee wins, it looks like the SIAC championship would be between Benedict and Fort Valley. The last one where it really gets intriguing, you have Tuskegee. Let's say they lose the miles, so they fall to six and two. Miles increases to six and two. Uh, Tuskegee, with that case, it would be fascinating to see. Uh, Fort Valley also lost uh, to Albany State. That means they would be at six and two. Fort Valley would be at six and two. Uh, in that case, you would have four. Possibly, if Allen won to beat Benedict, you still would have actually five teams at five and two. No common opponents, so you have to go then to successful tiebreakers and all chaos. You might even get to the point where they just have to do a coin flip. So it can get very interesting. Keep your eye on the swivel this week. We'll have some of these as future matchups in the SIAC uh, on our show on Tuesday and again on HBC Nightly. With that being said, let's go to our next break uh, as we get into it, as we're running up against it. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSM Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. We're going to uh, address one of the prime games of the night. We're going to go to you, Joe. I know you got a plane to catch, and we certainly want you back in Houston because, again, I don't want to take all this by myself. I need you into this. So we're starting with you, Tallahassee, Florida, Bragg Memorial Stadium. We understand they brag different. Uh, it's my understanding they've been bragging yes, to you all do. last night and this morning. <laughs> Uh, number 10, Prairie A&M Panthers fall to 3-5, three 3-2 three as they defeat, and they give FAMU 
uh, the best Christmas present ever, number one. Rattlers are 6-2, and 6-0. And, and as we'll talk about a little later, along with the Magic City Classic, lost Alabama AM. They have locked everything up before we get to November. They will be the representative of the Eastern Division. Got a little more work to do to make sure that they host the game, but it's not far-fetched that that will happen. And uh, obviously, we get to the end of that. Joe, what were your thoughts in terms of the game atmosphere? You shared a little bit about that, but this matchup, it seemed like it was a game maybe for the first half, and then it got away. Yeah, first first things first, the, the tailgate was awesome. The, the homecoming team was incredible. The fan interaction at the game in the Bragg Stadium was off the chain. Yeah, we it was a close game. Uh, with a few minutes left in the second quarter, it was 14-7. Forever you had the ball driving uh, in opponent's territory. Yeah, we threw an interception. Next thing you know, that led to a, a FAMU score. They go up. Instead of it being 14-14 in the halftime, it was 21-7. The game was over at that point. We never recuperated. Uh, fam, you, as you said earlier, they told us to take our shoes off at the front door. We took them off in the third quarter. Uh, and ain't no turning back. <laughs> Period. Yeah, because um, they got the ball, much like they did against Texas Southern, they scored late. They got the ball at the uh, end of the half, even though with the penalty that they got with the band traditionally that everybody knows they get for homecoming, um, they still were able to go down. And before you know it, it was 28-7. It was basically over at that. Uh, you had some injuries for Prairie View, so it'll be interesting moving forward. But great breakdown in terms of that matchup. Drew, let me go to – I mean, uh, Joshua, let me go to you. The other team that is at the top of the heat, North Carolina Central, they faced South Carolina State. It was a Thursday night game, so everybody uh, got a chance to see it. Uh, a lot of the HBCU fans particularly had their eyes on this game. And Durham, North Carolina, Old Kelly Riddick Stadium. Man, ESPNU, 6.30 when everything is getting going. Number one, North Carolina Central, 7-1, 2-0. Defeat South Carolina State Bulldogs, 3-5 as they fall to 1-1, 62-28. Uh, to 28. What were your thoughts in terms of what happened in this matchup? Yeah, man, this, this was complimentary football. This was another example on the offensive side of the ball playing complimentary football. Offensive line, who I've talked about and been high on all season long, uh, an improved offensive line, comes back this week after having a, a really rough situation up in Baltimore, Maryland. And having to deal with E. Will and that defensive line that they have up there at Morgan State, they come back this week and they flat out dominate. Absolutely no sacks giving up, giving up in this game. Zero. No sacks. Uh, you look at this team and you got to kind of think about it from this perspective. This offense, when it's clicking like this, it is almost impossible to stop. They coach, they call plays complimentary. Offense coordinator Matt Leone calls plays complimentary to what's going on. It almost seems like he knows three plays ahead on what's getting ready to come down the pipeline. And then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Davius Richards Show. This is the, uh, I don't know, the 30th edition of you guys being able to see the Davius Richards Show. 378 total yards and seven touchdowns. That is incredibly difficult to do. 378 total yards and seven touchdowns. And then I want to give my I want to tip the hat off to the defense, man. You go multiple possessions, and this is one of the things that I talk about with North Carolina Central is, you know, the previous week they played lights out against Morgan State, and sometimes you can see with teams that are kind of like this, that are set up like this, you can almost have a lull in the following game. You look at this defense, and though they gave up twenty eight, really twenty one of this twenty eight was on the defense, kind of given situations, one of which was a bad situation as far as for us 
having been pinned. But you look at the defense and you got to say, when you can string together multiple possessions, because our offense clearly was on the ball, on the field a lot, forced fumbles, interceptions to the crib. I mean, you look at all of this stuff and you got to say, this is complimentary football. And the scary part is that North Carolina Central still hasn't put together 60 minutes of full football yet. Haven't put together a full 60 minutes of football, and that's scary. That's crazy. You talked about his total yards. Passing, he was efficient, 18 to 27, 352 yards, five touchdowns. Did have the interception. Total seven, meaning he had two rushing. It was incredible to watch what he got done in that matchup. Big ups uh, to what that looked like. Uh, Drew, I did want to go back to you. Uh, are there any final thoughts that you wanted to put on FAMU matchup against Prairie View in terms of Musa, what he got in that game? Or did you want to move on to – now I, I'll make I'll make it quick. You know, it was just interesting. FAMU finally had the opportunity to put up forty points. Although mm. the points that got us over the hump was a gift touchdown by Preview A and M. You know, Preview, for lack of a better word, could not get out of their own way in that particular ball game when FAMU had the second string, third string in at the end of the game, an unexplained interception where the backup quarterback, and I don't know if that was a starting wide receiver or the backup wide receiver, were not on the same page because somebody zigged when somebody else should have zagged and the family defensive back had an easy pick six. I he mean, yeah. he said, y'all can do all the zigzagging you want. We yeah. can't yeah, the, the the receiver just like, oh, crap, he caught the ball, not me. And then by the time he realized that, you know, he was at the 10-yard line, uh, three both steps was, it looked like, and he was in the end zone. So it was uh, it, 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 it was ugly. It was a total domination. Uh, who had the best win of the week? Wow. Fam, you beat a – the team that was in number one place in the first place in the opposite division, Central essentially took care of expectations and beat South Carolina State. So when you guys get out there to vote, who had the best win of the week against the better competition? You know where I'm leaning at on this one. You got, (laughs) And if you want to throw Tennessee State into it, you know, they, they who, who the hell is Linda? Be Linda Wood, man. I, exactly. So this is between I, me and you, Drew. Don't bring them into it. It's between yeah. exactly. somebody they, gonna do they, it. They transitioning. Linda Wood's transition with Division Two, so it says a lot yeah. there. All right, uh, I'm, voters, the, I'm uh, uh, voters, uh, voters. <laughs> we set just just to keep in your mind when you guys are doing your ballot. We set a record for most points scored against the Miag opponent this week. Against a former national champion. Okay. Just keep uh, that in <laughs> wait, Josh, just answer me one question before we move on. What did Buddy do to y'all for, y- for y'all to do him like that with this man getting ready to go to the house, man? Y'all oh, you want to know the truth? Y'all don't have to beat that man like that. You want to know the truth, Drew? You want to know the truth, Drew? Yes. We hadn't, one, we hadn't beat him. And two, Buddy was being just a little too nice in them during press conferences the last few years, and they was getting on my nerves. I tried to yep. put my own rendition of it on HBCU Nightly on Wednesday, and everybody <laughs> saw it through my bull. Everybody saw it through my bull. <laughs> so I just think that we were tired of him playing that nice thing and then coming out and kicking our teeth in. So it was just time for us to return the favor. 
Jerry Musa, 14 to 25, 272, three touchdowns, did have the interception. It didn't cost him as his team got the interception, and he came back and put up a touchdown before the half uh, to make up for it. With that being said, let's get to this Magic City Classic, Drew. Birmingham, Alabama, uh, Legion Field, Magic City Classic, uh, number eight, Alabama State, improves the four and three, three and two, and defeat uh, number seven, Alabama A&M Bulldogs, that fall to four and four, two and three, 31 to 16. Uh, didn't get that magical ending that we're used to uh, as uh, they separated. Defensive showdown in a lot of ways. Credit to the Alabama State. Much like you've seen with Morgan State, I'm not sure that the Eagles are going to see a much better defense uh, than they seen two weeks ago against Morgan State. Well, Alabama State is making their argument of what they do on the defensive side of the ball um, in terms of particularly in this matchup and what they did against Jackson State a couple of weeks ago. But what are your thoughts on what took place? Uh, kudos to Eddie Robinson uh, as he got the victory two years in a row in the Magic City Classic. And how many years has Eddie Robinson coached Alabama State? Two. Okay. Do the math. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there. Uh, yep. You know, when I was at the uh, Miles uh, Albany State game, somebody asked me, where are the Miles fans at? They didn't, they don't be travel better than this. I'm like, bro, do you know what weekend this is? All the people <laughs> from Birmingham in Birmingham, man, they stay home for the Magic City. They wouldn't get on the road to watch to watch Miles. All the yep. people Too here much or fun mama's- to be had at home to have to spend the extra money to go on the road. Yeah. And, you know, only people here was mamas. I don't even think the girlfriends came on this world road trip because they was at home <laughs> uh, playing around <laughs> in uh, Birmingham also. But getting back to the game at hand, uh, 69,000 was the attendance there at Legion Field, stadium that holds just shy of 72,000. So uh, damn near at capacity uh, there. So we have a new leader in the clubhouse when it comes to uh, – HBCU attendance, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. But the, the the big key in this game was the essentially a Hail Mary at the end of the, I believe it was the second quarter with a 47-yard touchdown to, to, to Keyshawn Johnson uh, that put Alabama A&M, excuse me, Alabama State back ahead of Alabama A&M and gave them a 17-14 lead going into the half. Then the next turning point was the block six on the field goal attempt in the third quarter. And honestly, after that block six, although mathematically Alabama A&M was still in the game, you just kind of felt like this was Alabama State's to win. As long as they didn't do anything stupid to put Alabama A&M back into the game, they were going to uh, do it. And that's, that's exactly what they did. And then Alabama A&M got a two-run home run uh, to make it respect. I'm sorry, that was a safety at the end of the game, a wrong sport. Uh, but when they were trying to – It is to, World Series time. <laughs> they uh, – you know, Alabama State, it took, an, it took an intentional safety. It was a fourth down. I believe it was seven seconds to go. It was either seven or eight seconds to go on the clock. And they just ran around as long as they could. And finally, the quarterback just ran out the back of the end zone. Thank God – for all of those who uh, like to bet on expectations, that that two points did not go down as a bad beat because that was the first thing I did when I, I text uh, I text Brian. What was the line of that game? Because those two points at the end, uh, 
could have cost somebody some money. But it did, and I will say this, it did cost Alabama State some points in the BCSN poll coming up on uh, tonight's on the BCSN Sports Wrap because a 17-point victory in our poll is worth more than a 15-point victory. So it did cost them, even though just very slightly, though. Oh, good stuff. Good analysis. Let's go back to you, Joshua. Uh, Hampton, Virginia, homecoming, Armstrong Stadium. This was the Colonial Athletic Association, uh, now named the Coastal Athletic Association, CIA matchup between the two HBCU programs, one private, one private, one in Virginia, one in North Carolina. Hampton, the Pirates, got the best of it for the – they improved a 4-4 four and four on the season. They fall to 2-3 and three to defeat North Carolina State Aggies. They fall to 1-7 and at an 0-5 in this – Coastal Athletic Association, formerly known as the Colonial, and they fall 26 to 24. Obviously, uh, HBC Nightly, the bet was set early. Would uh, North Carolina State, and that's AT State, Aggies have more wins than Morgan Bears against Coastal Athletic Association? And this is the game that was going to go a long way in determining that. Joshua Sims, give us some insights. In the affectionate, um, you know, expressions of my brother, my dear brother, who is not here on the show today, one of the co-hosts of this show, Charles Bishop. <laughs> he often just does that in this glare, and I, 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 I love it when he does that. Listen, man, this was – listen, I, I, I hate to school down the hallway like I hate laying in my eye, like I hate rocking the shoe, but I must be judicious. <laughs> Right, I must be judicious and say they found a passing offense yesterday. They found a passing offense yesterday. It just so happened that so Hampton did as well, and this came down to the wire, dog. This is this is a this is what you expect to see from two teams that are just fighting to just, I mean, just the place in the conference, but. At the end of the day, this was a good ball game, man. This was a good ball game. Uh, Kevin White, welcome to the show, young young fellow. 10 of 15 for 211 yards, passing yards, two passing touchdowns yesterday. And if I'm not mistaken, these may have been the first passing touchdowns this yes. offense has produced all season. Wow. Kudos to you, young brother. Chris Zellis does what he's been doing all season long being a dual-third quarterback up there for Hampton. And this boiled down to a one-possession game up at Hampton for their homecoming. And I thought that this was a really good game, very, very intriguing game from two who I consider to be bottom feeders in the, in the CAA, you know, fighting for a non, almost a pointless position in a conference that almost <laughs> – I'm sorry. All right, man, I'm trying to be – listen, man. Listen, all right, I'm done with this. This was it was a good football game between two terrible football teams. Let's just call it what it is. All right, all right. I'm trying, Doc. Competitive garbage. Competitive garbage. You tried. It was competitive garbage. You tried. It was good. And in the words of my brother Stephen Davis, this was known as the guess who's coming to dinner classic. I couldn't have described it much better than that. This was terrible. This was something I I hope didn't nobody watch this game because I Lord knows. It took everything in me to keep flicking back and forth in flow sports to watch this between two trash can of programs playing football. But I will say this. 
school down the highway, you have found your quarterback. It's time for y'all to go all in on Kevin White. Stay focused on this young fella, man. Let him grow and develop. This won't be what it looked like next year for y'all. It's going to look similar, but it ain't going to look like the same. All right? So kudos to y'all. <laughs> I know y'all got that thing y'all call a homecoming going on this week. So, yeah, kudos to y'all. Don't lose homecoming. How about that? Don't lose homecoming. Yeah, that was a uh, breakdown. As you talked about uh, <laughs> Hampton, you gave a shout-out to a and and quarterback, Christopher uh, Zealous, as you talked about, dual threat, 11 to 19, 198 yards, two touchdowns. Did have the interception, but he also rushed uh, 12 carries, 89 yards in terms of making the game. The last 10 minutes were held scoreless, so Hampton held on as A&T had made a furious comeback uh, as they were in control, but they just were able to really keep the ball away from A&T to not even give them a chance in terms yeah. of the final 10 minutes of the game. Just to give people a little conclusion of Josh broke it down so well there in terms of what this game meant. But it was our non-conference game of the week, so it is what it is. We had a bonus non-conference game of the week that we're going to give Drew a chance to break down. Uh, Tennessee State was at home to Lindenwood. Uh, less than 3,000 fans or 4,000 fans watched the game, but they get it done again. Tennessee State, Tigers 6-2, and 2-1. Two, two Defeat uh, Lindenwood Lions. That's the transitioning school that's transitioning from Division Two to Division One FCS in the OBC uh, at, that are a part of this Big South OBC merger for football, 43-20. to 20. Uh, Tennessee State got another break as Garner Webb that uh, lost. It was at the top of the conference. Uh, so it'll be fascinating to kind of see how this goes down the stretch. We'll keep an eye on Tennessee State in terms of what they can do uh, momentum going forward. With that being said, what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup, A.D. Drew? Uh, although this game started out competitive uh, in the first quarter, Tennessee State scored first. I believe Linda Wood was actually able to answer on if it wasn't that next drive, it may have been uh, after a flip of the field, they were able to answer. But then after that ball, ball game, you know, uh, Tennessee State did what they were supposed to do against a weaker and inferior opponent uh Tennessee State on the day I mean 466 yards of offense he, uh, he led the way to 287 yards of offense 168 of those came on the ground for Tennessee State so uh they they did what they were supposed to do in in a tune-up game I mean and then like you say with the help of going away of losing Tennessee State putting themselves in position to, if not to win the OVC Big South, uh, possibly to get an at-large bid in the uh, OVC Big South. I mean, we know there are two extra bids out there since the SWAC and the BAC and the uh, and the Ivy, Ivy League don't uh, take their bids. So uh, hopefully they will get one of those uh, opportunities. And then we can have some fun just debating, although it's just going to be a hollow conversation. Should Tennessee State make a run in the playoffs? Who is the better HBCU, FAMU, Central, or Tennessee State? It's just hollow conversation. It's just, it's just, it's just. So hey, sometimes you need show fillers, Josh. That's why I'm putting it hey, out there, Josh. So I'm, hey, I'm just putting it out there and put a show filler out there, man. Hey, hey, Tennessee State. I can't, I can't speak for the size of Seven Hills. Y'all don't want these problems, all right? I mean, well, we know what. 
Y'all you know what they feel about in the Big South and OVC. You don't whoop them teams in that conference too. Y'all don't want them problems. I'm, I'm no disrespect. I think y'all want. Y'all don't want them problems. I'm telling you. Well, you know, when Tennessee State decided they didn't want to play us uh, in, in the Atlanta Classic or any other Classic anymore, you know, how, that that pretty much summed it up for how fan view people feel about them. You know, <laughs> I, I I would give them one of five fingers. I'll let you take your guess. Wow. With that being said, Tennessee <laughs> State is going to need some help because they do not play and have not played Southeast Missouri. They're not on the schedule for that. And so they need uh, UT Martin to probably – help them out in terms of what that looks like. But if you look at Tennessee State's rest of their schedule, they play Charleston Southern next week uh, on the road. Again, that's a team, as you talked about, uh, that we've heard about with A&T. A&T got it done last year in terms of their poor rate in the Big South before they moved to the CAA. Then they have Eastern Illinois that is at the top of the uh, standings in terms of what that looks like. So it should be fascinating to see. That's probably the big game left in terms of what that looks like. But uh, Eastern Illinois has hit a slid, and they're one and two in terms of that matchup. Um, and so uh, not too intimidating. Tennessee Tech is the last game. Joshua, uh, Tennessee Tech played South Carolina State, didn't go well at home. But this is the Tennessee Tech that I remember you all went last year at the end of the season before you made the run in the Celebration Bowl and got it done against them. Just the example, if you said you played some of these teams and um, North Carolina Central has become victorious in those matchups. So no problem there in terms of what that looks like. But Tennessee State has a good chance to run the table. Uh, yeah, they got a little help. Teams. Uh, Eastern Illinois is the best team left with a 5-3 record. Uh, other than that, it wouldn't surprise me if they won. They got a little bit of help yesterday with Gardner Webb beating uh, UT Martin. Uh, so they got a little bit of help yesterday, uh, but they got to close the show. They got to close the show and see if they, what they can do. But, yeah, I mean, you're right, Doc. They they have an opportunity. This is the best opportunity and chance I've seen Tennessee they have to make the FCS playoffs and really, really have a chance. Since, since 2013. Yeah. 2013. 10 years. Okay. Well, let me close out on this, BJ. I'll just give the update. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, A.W. Mumford Stadium. Southern does what they do oftentimes uh, when it comes to home, five and three, four and one, find a way to get a victory. It looked like Texas Southern had a tremendous chance to do it three times in a row in Southern to really bring some heat down there in Baton Rouge. But uh, play in the game, late in there, uh, you can – Talk about the fact that uh, you just had a big run uh, by Texas Southern for 23 yards with Ladarius. Looked like they were uh, on the 44, just able to get some control. A mix-up between the running back and quarterback exchange. A new running back comes in the game after Ladarius' big run, fumble, bounces right up to the defensive lineman. He takes for the touchdown, 17-14. They lose in overtime, 23-17. Really. Uh, and makes this game next week between Alcorn and Southern a big matchup, which is probably the game of the week for the SWAT. Joshua will talk about that one as well. I'm interested in terms of what will be the MEAC game of the week in some ways. I'm probably going to focus on Howard and South Carolina State. Can Howard, because of what takes place last two games, can they stay perfect and at least make the matchup between North Carolina Central and Howard on paper means something with both of them going three and oh 
the week after that. So uh, that's probably my MEAC game of the week. With that being said, let's give it a close. Appreciate y'all holding down the show and giving some great information and dialogue about a tremendous week of football. Everything is going down in the SIEC in regards to chaos, but a big matchup in the CIAA between the Virginia schools, that's Virginia Union, Virginia State. Obviously a big matchup in the SWAC West with Southern and Alcorn State is fascinating. East is sewn up literally, as we told you by FAMU. Congratulations. You got to play for home field advantage. They want to stay perfect because they want to create the matchup that everybody want to see. They want to play at home, so they need to keep winning. And so it'll be interesting because you do have, particularly with the Braves, because they don't have the matchup. So it'll be interesting in terms of the tiebreaker, which probably still goes in favor of FAMU because they are the highest ranked team. Uh, but uh, in terms of officially slitting it down, if Braves get it done against Southern, they still just have the one loss quietly in terms of what that looks like. So they'll put a little pressure as they would love to find a way to get the game back on campus uh, in Mississippi while FAMU is saying not so fast. So we have some good football to see play out the last couple of weeks, and we'll be here to give it to you leading up to it and then certainly on the following Sundays to give you a closure, let you know what took place on Saturday. Kudos to everybody with that being said. Just wanted to say thank you for watching as we get in the close. Any final thoughts, Josh? Now, I just wanted to give another shout out to Fayetteville State, man. I I, um, I think this was six in a row, CIAA South champ. Six in a is this six in a row, five in a row? Drew, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think they won the CIAA South. I think Fayetteville State six, has won the six. This is six. This is six. Y'all, that is that it's is crazy. impressive. That's great. Great point. I'm glad you shouted out. Much love to Fayetteville State getting it done. Eddie Drew, any shout outs? Make sure you tell them to watch the show this evening. Oh, yeah. Um, Make sure you watch the BCSN Sports Wrap this evening. We'll we'll be on at 6 o'clock during football season. We go about three hours or so, so uh, we definitely get uh, much deeper in depth into all of the games versus what we do here on Inside the HBCU Sports Lab where we just uh, touch the surface. Uh, Working on a couple of guests, don't have the quite have the uh, guest menu lined up yet got a, a couple of feelers out there trying to get a uh, guest in of course we have coach norma farasi uh, who's out there looking to uh be uh the next hbcu football coach uh, here uh trying to get somebody from the uh, band of the year contest on uh just haven't confirmed that that uh that that person will actually be on tonight uh and of course we have the new bcsn rankings and one last thing uh, while we're starting to look towards the SWAC championship game, the last five SWAC champions have come out of the East. Just something to keep in mind. No, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, yeah. And Charles would love it because when we first started talking about with the expansion, everybody was looking West. Uh, and they were correct in terms of how depth it was, but in terms of domination has been in the East. Uh, and yeah. you are both correct in terms of looking at that. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. And shout out to Joshua and the MEAC fans at HBC Nightly because they'll quickly told you, but it's all been fought up for the celebration bowl of the MEAC in terms of their dominance. I am Dr. Nyanaka Bill, the dean of HBC Sports. 
coming from inside the lab in the college HBC sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. I'm just fair about it. But look what we got in store for you if it works out, Joshua. Man. We can't join them. We beat them. We take them away. We're going to bring yeah. them back to the yeah. table to see if we can get a MEAC team to be the MEAC team that's now a SWAC team. Ah, <laughs> how do you like that? With two other members of the X's and O's crew, B.J. Jones, curator of the HBC Weekly, Joshua Sims, senior curator of the HBC Nightly, because we certainly make sure y'all know that uh, FAMU and Bethune Cutman are squarely members of the SWAC. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock, Central Standard Time, Sunday at 9, Central Standard Time, and that 6 o'clock was Eastern in terms of A.D. Drew Brown with Sports Rap, Brian and A.D. with Sports Rap, uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Camille, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you download my BC and my JBN. We got a lot of new stuff on the ranking coming for you and a lot of good updates. Obviously, check us out because we give you weekly some of those great games out of the SIC uh, that we take to you directly that you can check on YouTube at our BCSN. Carlos Brown had a great show yesterday. Wednesday is ONG, and you know they're going to be excited and part of this week as they – get in the mix and give you the latest and greatest on OG. And that is obviously FAMU, the Rattlers, as they are one of the hottest tickets out here right now going. Check it out. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. AD? Of course. Joshua? Lecture. Dismiss. Have a light. <laughs>